Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Sex Spiral, Forgiven and Free from Pornography. The Sex Spiral will teach you God's design for sexuality, the triggers that lead to porn addiction, and how to exit the sex spiral with a purity plan for your life. You can order online at Amazon.com or any other retailer. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's show. The Dustin Daniels Show. Unashamedly proclaiming God's purity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Devoted to saving marriages. Dedicated to protecting children. Addressing sex with biblical truth and without shock value. You're listening to the intersection of life and lust. Call toll-free at 1-855-5-DUSTIN. And now, here's your host, Purity Pastor Dustin Daniels. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may truly live and achieve wisdom. Psalm 90, verse 12, various translations. Well, the old adage is true, isn't it? That the days are long, but the years are short. And when it comes to numbering our days, the priorities in our life, those must be addressed. The things that don't seem like priorities seem to kind of weasel their little ugly head to the forefront of our lives and the truly important things well they tend to get pushed aside another day another week and and so on so today i want us to think about our intimacy priority with our spouse i i would like us to reflect on psalm 90:12 and ponder how short life really is so that we can truly learn to live in the communion of god and in communion with our spouse through this lens of intimacy, through a one flesh union of husband and wife. So the big question for today is specifically for my dear married sisters in Christ. And that question is, am I pursuing passion God's way in my marriage? Linda Dillo is the author of best-selling books, Calm My Anxious Heart and What's It Like to Be Married to Me? And the co-author of Intimate Issues, Linda was a missionary for 17 years. She trained Christian leaders in Russia, Hungary, Poland, and Asia, helping them launch Christian women's ministries. And she and her husband, Jody, have been married for 50 years. They have four children and 10 grandchildren. Dr. Julie Slattery is a widely known clinical psychologist, author, speaker, and broadcast professional. Julie's books include Finding the Hero in Your Husband, No More Headaches, and Guilt-Free Motherhood. She and her husband, Mike, have been married for 20 years, and they have three children. Linda and Julie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us again. We're glad to be here, Dustin. Last week, guys, we discussed your workbook and your video series. It's called Passion Pursuit, What Kind of Love Are You Making? And we discussed it from an overview perspective. 
And this week, we're going to discuss how we as the church can make passion a priority in our marriage, specifically from a women's perspective. So, Julie, let's let's start with you. What are we, where are we, I guess is a better question, where are we as the church in making passion within our marriages a a real priority? (laughs) Uh, I don't think many couples uh, consider that as an important endeavor. Mm. Um, you know, particularly women. I think the average woman sees, uh, you know, sexual passion as something that is fun when you're on vacation or uh, maybe when the kids are grown and gone, we can focus on that sort of thing. It's almost like a nice little bonus, but they don't see it as, uh, you know, a very important aspect of building marriage and honoring God in marriage. And honestly, I was in that place for many years of my marriage. I'd say it's only been within the last five or six years that I've really been been able to see that this isn't optional. Uh, you know, having a, a passionate love life in my marriage should not be an optional thing. It's a necessity. It's a very powerful source within marriage that will either drive me and my husband together or drive us apart. You guys have a, a bunch of, not a bunch of, of questions, it's really kind of a quiz. And Linda, one of the, the quiz questions is, how important is it for date night? And, and my question then is, is how often should we have date nights? Justin, a woman's life, and I think you could say, yes, a man's life in our society today is so busy. And as a woman, I will say we as women are scattered. We are going from one thing to the next. Uh, We want to be a good wife. We want to be a good mom. Many women work. They want to do a good job. Um, And people keep getting hungry and need to be fed, and their clothes keep getting dirty and houses get dirty. And (laughs) a woman just goes from thing to thing. And too often, not just sexual intimacy gets pushed aside, but emotional intimacy and just communicating with her husband. And I remember when I had three little children and the oldest was three, and then when I had four teenagers, my husband Jody and I had trouble having a conversation because there were so many people around always needing something. And um, going out alone, whether it's for a picnic or to get a cup of coffee, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Just to sit across from one another and turn your cell phones off or put them on vibrate so that someone isn't ringing in your ear and you can look into your spouse's eyes and really listen to his heart. Uh, It's important to have a date night and... You know, I can say, oh, do it every week. I think it's probably more um, likely to happen if it's every other week. And we aimed for every other week, and we're excited if we could get another one in during the month. But um, you have to fight for it. You have to fight to make time alone a priority, whether you're going to a movie or going for a hike or whether you're just sitting across the table and talking for one another. Yeah, I think a lot of us, Linda, uh, me, I like to overthink things a lot. So I'm like, oh, okay, I got to plan this. I got to do this. I got to check. And I like what you said. Hey, just have a cup of coffee and 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 turn the turn the world off, basically. You know, put the phone away and and start looking into one another's eyes and 
it can't it's it's not that hard you know dustin it's it doesn't have to be a movie and a dinner and you know all this all this stuff right i mean you just want to spend time with your husband i agree with that and you know i when we were ministering in eastern europe and russia under communism i uh I shared with the women in Romania about uh, having a date night, and they just looked at me like, we have no money, we have no Mm. place to go, there's curfew of what time we can even be out of our houses. Oh, wow. Um, And this one woman, the next time I went in to see him, she said, I figured out how to do it, Linda. And she said, after dinner, my husband and I just walk around our our apartment complex. And Dustin, there were no flowers, there was no grass, (laughs) it was muddy, it was not romantic, and she said, it is so exciting. We hold hands and we walk around our apartment complex. And God used Mariana, this dear woman, to have me say, okay, Linda, just as you said, Dustin, it doesn't have to be a production. Right. You can just go out for a cup of coffee or walk to the park and have a little picnic on the grass. And really, it's about communication. I mean, this is just about talking and, and kind of detoxing your, your day with one another and really just uh, connecting at a soul level. And I, I love the next question that you guys put on your quiz, and that was the this, this idea of a television in, in the bedroom. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, you know, this is one of those controversial things because, <laughs> you know, uh, there are some couples who are like, that's how we relax. We watch the news together or whatever. Um, my, my perspective and my advice is not to have a television in the bedroom. And I don't think there's anything unbiblical about having television in the bedroom, but the idea <laughs> is what is the bedroom for? When you go in the bedroom, it's to sleep. And it's to be together intimately. And uh, it's just too easy when you're tired at the end of the day, instead of talking, instead of connecting, instead of praying, instead of being together physically, to just turn something on and zone out together. So, again, um, I don't think we've ever had a television in our bedroom, and I hope we never do. But, but, uh, but you know, I, I know that's different. You know, if, let's say somebody's sick and they're in bed all the time. There are definitely times where it makes sense. You know, Julie, a few years ago, Amy and I were, were getting ready to move, and it was during the transition of going everybody going to high definition. And I, I just looked at this television, and I said, you know, babe, when we move, let's just throw this thing out all together. Let's just throw it out, and let's see what happens. And that has been several years ago. And, Julie, I got to tell you, it's been one of the best things that has ever happened in our marriage because— we actually get to not zone out. We get to look and, and talk and look into one another's eyes and really communicate. And it really occurred to me over the past previous decade before that how much it was almost like medicating my life to not deal with the reality of the issues that were going on. Yeah, and it's not just TV nowadays. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't really watch a whole lot of TV. We don't have cable or anything. But now you've got the computer and one of you might just be on Facebook all night or the other one's watching Netflix or, uh, you know, there are, there's all this technology that can just suck your time and your energy away because it's brainless. And, um, you know, let's be honest, 
communicating and connecting and even sharing physically, it takes work. It takes initiative. It takes uh, it takes energy. And there are so many other activities that are tempting because you don't have to put any work into it. They just they just bring you entertainment. Sure, and that's one of the reasons that that pornography is is so easy as well. And we, and we can discuss that here in just a few minutes. I I did want to get your take, Linda, on as we discuss this idea of making passion a priority and, and speaking to the women that have been hurt, who have been abused, who have been um, sexually abused, emotionally abused, spiritually abused. Do you have any thoughts on how to encourage those, those women? And there's a lot, the, the statistics are staggering and it breaks my heart, but how would you encourage those folks, Linda? Uh, Justin, thanks for asking, because I know that there are many wives listening today saying, well, uh, that's great if some women can make passion a priority, right. but um, I just can't go there in my mind or in my body, in my heart, because I blew it in this area before I got married, and I made some really wrong choices. I had an abortion. I wasn't a virgin when I got married. And Dustin, uh, what Julie and I see is that Satan has sold the church a lie, and the lie goes like this. When you come to Christ, he can change many areas of your life, but there's one area beyond his redemptive healing power, and that is your sexuality. And I think women believe that because the church hasn't declared that God's name is Jehovah Rapha, and he is the healer. And um, I think it's really a rare thing today when even a Christian woman walks down the aisle and gets married and hasn't made some wrong choices. And I just want to say to every one of the women out there who have, I did too. And do you know what? God is the healer, and he is the redeemer, and he has exciting intimacy for you in your marriage, and do not believe the lie of Satan. And I know some of you who are listening uh, have been sexually abused, and the whole area of sexuality to you uh, is so horrible that you certainly don't want to pursue passion, even in your marriage. And I just want to say to you that I have seen so many women who have been right where you've been, and I've seen God heal them. I've seen their minds be renewed by his word, and I've seen them become exciting lovers to their husband. And uh, wherever we are, Dustin, God is the healer, and he wants to renew and revive and change every area of our life. Today on the show, Linda Dillo and Julie Slattery, authors of Passion Pursuit, What Kind of Love Are You Making? This is a video and workbook uh, Bible study specifically for women. And Julie, the world says that sex becomes mm, boring over time when you're married. Uh, we see that on the shows and, and hear it in the music and, and it's once again being evangelized by the world. And And how does God's word respond to that? Well, I think, uh, you know, if nature takes its course, sex can become boring. 
um, because you're with the same person day in, day out, uh, you know, for decades. If you stay married and, and consider covenant, the covenant of marriage, uh, you know, it's one man and one woman. But the idea of it is that sex was never supposed to stay boring. In other words, it requires work. It requires effort. It requires saying it's not good if me and my husband aren't enjoying each other. It's not good if uh, if there's no spark between us anymore. We've got to work on that. Not only work on it, we actually have to pray about it. And a lot of couples don't think about the idea of praying together about your sex life. You know, Lord, would you help us just to enjoy each other? Would you help us to honor you in the way that we share we share physical intimacy together. Would you remove roadblocks and help us to communicate? Um, and, you know, the world's view of it is if sex gets boring, then change partners. You know, try it with someone else. God's view of it is when it starts to get boring, then seek each other more deeply. Um, get to know each other more deeply. Have fun together. Dream together. Um, you know, just share adventure together. Linda, let's get really practical with all that. How does a busy mom put passion on her calendar. Is that even a a good idea to schedule something like this? I definitely think it is. And I'll tell you how I did that when I had little children. I I was exhausted and really was not thinking about loving my husband. I was thinking about how I could get to sleep because I was so tired (laughs) because I had three children and the oldest was three. And, um, I just said, God, I know I can't put my intimate relationship with Jody on the shelf until the kids get older or life gets easier, but my mind just doesn't go there. God help me. And what he led me to do was to literally put it on my calendar. And what I did, Dustin, and I did this for a few years, I would take my monthly calendar and every couple days I would write the initials T.S., T.S. all across my calendar. And it wasn't until 15 years later that my husband found out that all of my T.S.'s <laughs> were my code to me. Linda, think sex. Wow. It, you know, but it helped. That is that is hilarious. Julie, what do you think about that? Does, does scheduling sex make it boring or no? <laughs> well, you know, I think you could say, okay, well, it's making it predictable in terms of when. Uh, you and I are together. But in terms of boring, the opposite is actually true. And I think this is particularly important for women to understand that for women to enjoy sex is not just about, uh, you know, flipping a switch and turning her body on. She has to be emotionally and mentally there. And so uh, what typically happens is she's going throughout her day, uh, maybe she's going to work, taking care of kids, managing the house, doing the dishes, And then uh, it's 8.30 at night, and her husband gets that little look in his eye. And she's like, that's the farthest thing from my mind. I had stuff I needed to get done tonight, or I just wanted to relax. And so it's it's this huge shift for her to make in the moment. Now, if they've scheduled sex and said, okay, you know, Wednesday nights is our nights or whatever, she can begin uh, in the morning starting to think about what it's going to be like tonight, starting to think about her husband. Maybe send him a text message, uh, plan a special dinner. She's going to have the expectation that I'm not going to get laundry done tonight. This is our time together. I'm going to put the kids to bed early. And then her mind and her emotions and 
you know, her will are all towards what it's going to be like to be together tonight. Um, and so her body will respond. And again, I don't think men necessarily have that trouble making that transition. But for women, for the average woman, it takes a lot of preparation. And, uh, and so we believe that scheduling sex doesn't make it more boring. It actually makes it something to look forward to and something more enjoyable in the long run. You share a story in your workbook uh, of a couple named Tim and Carrie. Do you remember that? Could you share that with us? All right, you're going to have to remind me which one that is. We okay. tend to change the name. It says, one way to make passion a priority is to actually put it on your calendar. Perhaps you're thinking schedule yes, sex. absolutely, yep. Um, yeah, uh, it says that for this couple on their days, the red, the days that are important, the appointments are circled in red, and it means it's an urgent uh, passion appointment. And Carrie says that when she talked about it, that the anticipation and the fun emails about don't forget our important meeting at 6.45 today, uh, you know, that makes that makes it fun. And um, you might say, okay, take the spontaneity out of it. Not at all. It, it makes a couple look forward to it and plan together. And, uh, you know, I've never met a couple who's tried this and said at the end of the day, well, it just became too predictable or boring. It actually made it exciting. And, um, you know, one thing that my husband and I did uh, to... to schedule not just sexual times, but date nights and making them exciting as we took turns planning them. So one week he would he would plan our date and surprise me with something, and the next week I would plan it. And that was during that period of time when we had little kids and very little money and very little energy. But the idea of planning what we'd be doing together and even using some, you know, we're both very competitive, who could plan the better time together, the better date, really made it fun. That's what you do before you get married. And for some reason, we just stopped doing that after we get married. Linda Dillow and Dr. Julie Slattery, authors of a workbook, Bible study for women. It's called Passion Pursuit. What kind of love are you making? The website is AuthenticIntimacy.com. Check it out, guys. This is one of those things to where mm, I'm not really sure I'm that excited about doing a, a women's Bible study. With and, and talking about this issue of sex, but as we've talked for the past two weeks about the blessing and the honor and giving glory and drawing closer uh, to him in holiness as you pursue this idea of, of passion. Once again, you can uh, listen to the radio shows on DustinDanielsRadio.com. If you have questions, feel free to give me a call at one 855 Five Dustin. You can also join our online community there on the website. Linda, lastly, wrapping the show up, how would you encourage women to make passion a priority? I would encourage them, Dustin, to do this Bible study and ask God to give him their perspective. I'd encourage them to read through the Song of Solomon and say, okay, God, I've got a piece of paper and a pencil. Would you show me what this bride was like and how she pursued passion in her relationship. And God, she's your model in scripture. So use her to show me how to make passion a priority. First Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God isn't just a lot of talk. It is living in God's power and the power that is in the very name and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening once again. Linda Dillo, Dr. Julie Slattery, authors of Passion Pursuits, What Kind of Love Are You Making? AuthenticIntimacy.com is where you want to go to look and find out more information 
If you go through this Bible study and God is calling you to lead the group, please contact the website and they will help you put this group together. I love you. We'll see you next week. The Dustin Daniels Radio Show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering counseling advice for your personal situation. If you need further help, we encourage you to seek the services of a Christ-based counseling professional. For more information on the radio show, visit DustinDanielsRadio.com.